It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Well, tough night for the Blue Jackets at Nationwide Arena. There was no luck of the Irish on St. Patrick's Day. There was no luck of any kind. Unless you were a member of the Washington Capitals. And then there was luck after luck after luck after, well, seven times worth of luck as the Blue Jackets got beat 7-2. to two. Welcome to CBJ 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Going to uh, talk a little trade deadline today because that's what's coming up on Monday. And the Blue Jackets, uh, well, the game against Washington, I don't know if it decided anything, but it, it will be a factor. Uh, we'll get into it in just a moment right after I tell you about Telhio Credit Union. They've been servicing this area for a long, long time. And both servicing their customers and giving you the best services that they have and also getting out into the community and providing that community service. That's what they do. So if a question that you have is, why should I join a credit union when I already have a bank? All you have to do is go to tellhio.org and you can look around at the services they have, that they provide, what the perks are that go with those services, and you just might find that they will work out for you. If there's any questions you have that you can't find the answers to yourself, if you're looking at that website during normal business hours, click on the live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Somebody will pop right up and help you get the answer that you are looking for. Tell Ohio Credit Union is open to everyone in central and southwestern Ohio, and they are federally insured by NCUA. All right, we've got uh, all of the business out of the way. It's now to the business of hockey. And joining me today from The Athletic, where he covers the Blue Jackets beat, and he does it very well. And this time of year is one where... I'm sure his phone's blowing up, and he's extremely busy, but I'm glad to have him here after the game at Nationwide Arena. Aaron Portsline is with me right now, and I'm so glad we waited until after the game to do this. <laughs> it brings yeah. so many things into focus, actually. Clarity. Right? Um, you know, first of all, the, listen, the game itself, it was a bad situation. It's a back-to-back. You're in Ottawa the night before. I get all of that. I understand all of that, but... Uh, this is not the way that they wanted it to go, not the way it was supposed to go. And I'm just going to start right from the beginning. I know it's a breakaway early in the game that Anthony Mantha gets, but you could use a big stop there. Yeah. It gets through Jonas Corposalo. He gave up three goals in the game. Two of them hit him, and they trickled through. That has been uh, something that's happened to him a lot this year, I'm sorry to say. Um, I love the guy. He's done great things for this franchise. I'm just honestly wondering if – that's the last time we see him in a Blue Jackets uniform. What do you think? Well, I had that thought, and it, it's unfortunate because, I mean, first of all, I go back to a, a mild surprise that he started this game. I thought we'd see him in Ottawa. Um, asked Brad Larson about that before the game. He said, and this is a different school of thought each guy has, he thought of Ottawa's game as a must-win. Win that one, and then what you do tonight is is gravy. Um so Corpusella gets the start. Like you said, he has struggled all year. Really, the the second goal off the end boards kicks in off of his boot. That's just as like the season in a nutshell for him. Um, it's tough. And and he leaves. You know, I, I think if you're Corpusella, and I'm speaking for him now, you're thinking of this moment, this game against the Caps. Honestly, I didn't really think of it as carrying a ton of weight in terms of them getting into the playoffs. It's still... It's still nine points if they win tonight. It's a huge gap to close in 20 games. But it, it's it's your highlight of your season, and it ends early second, and he leaves 
the ice to Bronx cheers, really, when Merzlikens comes in and you go, oh, man, that's rough. Because like you said, Corpusalo has been a, he's been a good soldier here. He's a good dude. Means well. I think probably two years ago after the bubble would have been peak time to move him. And his play has really degraded his value now the last couple of years, especially this year where I don't think there's a team. I know there's not a team that's going to trade for him as their goaltending answer down the stretch and in the playoffs. If, if at all, it's going to be much like when the Blue Jackets acquired Keith Kincaid. Uh, in the event that one of their top two guys gets hurt, here's a guy who's played a lot of games, um, which is kind of sad cause to see it end like this. I don't think he's going to be back. I think he needs a new start somewhere else. Um, and it, I, I don't feel like it's the last game in Nationwide, but certainly it felt like it was his last chance to sort of end all this on a good note. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And you're right. It It is tough to say. It, it really is because of what he's done for this franchise, but the person that he is, and we – we're lucky. We get a chance to interact with this guy every day for years. Uh, we watch him grow as a backup to Sergei Bobrovsky and take over the starting role and lose the starting role. And, and this whole year, it couldn't have gone any worse for him, right? Totally. I mean, when he was healthy, uh, he didn't have the goal support or, or he would have a bad game himself. But there was also so many times he was unhealthy, whether it be COVID, whether it be some kind of an injury. It, it's just that kind of year. And it's really, to me, it's unfortunate for the franchise because, as you said, now you're looking toward Monday. If a team is going to pick up a guy as a, a third-man insurance policy guy, I mean, the return is going to be minimal for that. It's going to be, I mean, we're guessing here, but probably a, what was Kincaid, a fifth-round pick? So I think that's probably... That's probably optimistic. My guess is, and GMs like to do these things now, it's going to have conditions on it, right? So it's going to be a sixth-round pick, and if this guy plays 25% of our playoff games, it becomes a fifth or something like that. But it's not. what could they have gotten a couple years ago for him? A second-round pick, maybe a prospect. I don't know if they would have gotten a first. Maybe they would have gotten a first. Um, you know, and in their defense, both of the last two years, the goaltending market was just flooded with free agent goaltenders. And so, you know, are you going to give up an asset and pay a guy, or are you going to go the free agent route and just pay a guy? Um, and teams found it cheaper and, and wiser to go, just go get your guy on, in free agency. And, you know, again, just look, I mean, look at his numbers. Corpusalo, if you just goalies that qualify, statistically he's, he's one of the worst in the league this year, if not the worst, save percentage and goals against the two big categories. And, Boy, if you're if you're a GM trying to sell that to your owner, we did what? We acquired who? Look at these numbers. You better you just have that tape of him in the bubble, making what do you make eighty five saves in a game? Something ridiculous. You better have that at the ready, because uh, that was peak Corpusalo. And I personally, we're not. There's no cheering in the press box. On a personal level, I hope he gets back to that again someday. Yeah, no, I I do too. I. Absolutely. I can cheer in my booth, so I'm, I'm all for that. You're, you're on the other side there, the other side of the yeah. glass. It's a little bit different, <laughs> but I agree with you. I mean, you're not going to find a nicer guy, a more dedicated guy. And as you said, you know, you aptly described him. He's been a loyal soldier in this organization, and, you know, even the things that have happened to him, I'm sure it hasn't been fantastic for him the last couple of years. I mean, when he gets a contract extension, Elvis gets one the next day for more money. Uh, earlier this yeah. year, Elvis gets the long-term commitment from the team he's got nothing coming I, I know there's been a lot of frustration there too but uh, yeah if, if this is the way it ends if it is yeah it, it's kind of sad yeah and this is nobody's fault necessarily but Corpusalo exists in the shadows of Bobrovsky for three years whatever it was 
and everybody in the room loves Corpusal. You could tell they played their asses off for him when he when he played um, under when when Bobrovsky, one of the few nights, gave him a, a, a chance to play. And then here comes Elvis Merzlikens, who is just Mister Personality, Mister Play to the crowd. The crowd loves him. He's the most popular guy in school immediately. And you you mentioned it. You know, you sign a contract that lo- that looks pretty fair. You've been here for quite a while. And the next guy, just based on his numbers, his performance, his leverage, frankly, almost doubled you in your contract. That's an eye-opener. Clearly, this team has hitched its wagon to Merzlikens for now, Tarasov in the future as well, and Corpus Hall gets to, to find a new home. And this year, really, if you go back to training camp, Corpus Hall had the injury. The door was open right away. Yeah. Full credit to Elvis. The mm-hmm. door was open. He walked through it. He took the job. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, Elvis hasn't been great either. No, no. He, he has hasn't. not. He hasn't been as good as he expects to be. Yep. Um, and this has been a strange team. I mean, you go back to that December, January stretch. This was a god-awful team to play in net four because the puck's in your zone constantly. Two, three scoring chances at a time. They've really cleaned that up now the last couple of months. Uh, I was I've got numbers in the notebook somewhere I got to got to uh, refer to, but I think with this game tonight, this team has tied the franchise record with still 20 games to go for allowing six or more goals in a game. Um, they've had a lot of games like that this season, big big numbers. And again, it's not always the goalie, but I think Elvis expects to be better too. And and you'll hear that a lot from him in training camp next year. Um, that 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 this is not the season he envisioned. No, no, not even close from what he said at the beginning yeah. to where it is now. And when you get to training camp next season, maybe training camp isn't the right time, but coming soon thereafter, potentially, Daniil Tarasov, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So there's going to be a push there. There's no doubt about it. There's 100%. going to be a push there that is coming. All right, so Jonas Corposalo, if they're able to uh, flip him and get something, yeah. we pretty much feel that's a foregone conclusion let's go to uh, the other unrestricted free agents and start with the obvious guy max domi max who by the way has been really really good here these really last good. couple of weeks right yeah, no question i mean driving his line making great passes if i'm a playoff team and i need a winger i'm looking at max domi because he can play top six he can play bottom six look he i, I know the biggest thing with him here is when he got traded here he felt he was going to be a centerman yeah. everybody thought he was going to be a centerman John Tortorella nixed that pretty early, and nobody has ever put it back. He's a winger. And on this team, he's a bottom six winger. Maybe that's frustrating for him or has been at times. I don't know, but he's embracing the role that he has right now. He's been really good these last couple of weeks. He's got that uh, toughness element in today's NHL toughness thing. And uh, he could be a good player. Jody Shelley says this all the time. I would like to see Max Domi play on a good team because he's never really been on a good team. And that's something that was mentioned to me as I poked around about Domi. What's the value of Domi? Where where are we at with Domi? And he's one of those guys that gets a different response from different places. Like you get a lot of eye rolls about Max Domi. Um, maybe it's the connection to his dad, who was who was one of the great fighters um, of the 80s and, and uh, 90s, early 90s. Um, I mean... He's been known to take stupid penalties. He flies off the wire. He did a few times last year. Uh, you remember the Blackhawks game, Connor Murphy? Um, I think he's cleaned a lot of that up this year. His penalties are half what they were last year. He's been pretty darn productive. 
Nine twenty-two thirty-one. Did he have anything tonight? Any points tonight? Um, but not before tonight. Nine twenty-two thirty-one. Which is, you know, what for a guy that's been playing bottom six, left wing, and power play time, yes, but second unit, which is not a prominent thing here in Columbus because the first unit takes so much at the time. He's been a pretty productive player, and I agree with you, Bob. That of late, there has been a real, a real passion and a smartness to his game. I mean, I, I think of the 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 centering pass to to Roslovic with his butt against the wall all the way across the that was an unbelievable pass. The sa- the saucer pass. The man loves a good saucer pass. The yeah. the pass to Sillinger for the third goal in his hat trick the other night. That's an incredible goal. Um he's tough. He will fight. And 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 one of the one of the things I was just mentioning this earlier you mentioned Shelley's comment. One guy said to me, "What does he look like on a winning team?" Because he's played in Arizona, he played in Montreal for a few seasons when they did not make the the playoffs, with the exception of 1920, when they only made the playoffs because the league brought 12 teams in from each conference after the COVID interruption. And I think Montreal beat Pittsburgh in the first round or the qualifying round, and then lost in the first round. Other than that, he's never been in the postseason. You hear Pittsburgh. You hear L.A., you hear Colorado. Um, it, uh, you know, Colorado and Pittsburgh would be really, really interesting to me to see how he could fit. Pittsburgh's an interesting situation because his dad, Ty Domi, is really good friends with Mario Lemieux. Max is good friends with Sidney Crosby. Um, not that that's you don't swing a deal to get your friends into town, but there's an existing... Jack Johnson went there. There's an existing relationship. Um yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I don't know if I make any deals with Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm in their division. You're not supposed to like them if you're the GM. I think you get the best deal you can, but that would be a touch awkward. Um, but, yeah, we think Max Domi's on the move, and, and he is their best chip this year. All right. Uh, by the way, he did have an assist tonight on the Bjork Strand power play goal. He did oh, have an assist. 23. Oh, a beautiful pass. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How do we forget that? Yeah. Um, okay, let's, let's go a little bit further with that. Let me ask you this question when it comes to Max and not – you tell me if it matters to teams that you were talking about. Do you see the return as being nothing more than a draft pick for Max Domi? Could you possibly, could you potentially work that into a player? Actually, here's why I'm asking you that. Casper mm-hmm. Kapanen is not having a good time in Pittsburgh, I don't think. They, he has not lived up to what the expectations were of him when they got him yeah. in a trade. That is a guy that Yarmo Kekalainen, back when he was drafted, tried to swing a deal yeah. so that he could draft him. So I guess specifically, do you see any way that maybe, you know, that that would be a fit in any way, shape, or form? Well, it's interesting because Kappen is a name that's come up. So has DeBrusque in, in Boston. And those two are both similar in the sense that they're restricted free agents, not UFAs. So if you're Pittsburgh or if you're Boston, the idea of doing either of those for Domi straight up is probably – not going to happen. If you're Yarmo, you're waiting for them to relent and maybe do that because now you've got a player with contractual control. Um, so that's tough. They might have to sweeten the pot if they want a player back for Domi. Otherwise, I think it's a draft pick. But if if it is Kapanen, if it is DeBrusque, if it is a player like that, who are they throwing in with Domi to sweeten it? Is it Foodie, former first-round draft pick? Um, Fix Wolanski, who were they moving along with him? And and I th- 
to me, that's depends on what they think of Foodie and Fix Bolanski, but but it's more attractive for me to move him for a draft pick than it is to give up both pieces for a forward coming back. The one thing about moving Domi is you've got Kent Johnson coming in here before the end of this season. They hope Kirill Marchenko next year. The year after that, Voronkov, and quite possibly whoever their first-round pick is this year would be ready a year after next. You've got to start clearing some space for some guys. And so to bring back veteran players, an RFA that you signed to a long-term contract, maybe you can move those guys after the fact. Um, I don't want to give up now for two years from now because so much can change. But you have to have positions of Kent Johnson isn't going to play on the third or fourth line here. He's going to be a, a, a prominent player. And so does Nyquist come back a line? Who moves back to to let these guys come in? Marchenko's probably a top six guy, maybe a middle six guy when he first gets started. So there's going to be a glut of forwards here, and they they need to be clearing out some space for these guys to play. Nothing's given, of course, but I don't think you want a glut of forwards either. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And, and just off the top, if you said to me, Kasperi Kapanen and Jake DeBrusque, I'd probably lean Boston. Yeah, I'd probably lean toward DeBrusque, just big. You know, bigger guy, get a bit of a toughness element yeah. to him. Yep. And is has had a 30-goal season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Kapanen's got great wheels, incredible penalty killer. Uh, DeBrus is kind of not that un- not unlike Domi in the sense that he's wildly inconsistent, or at least he has been in Boston. I think he's the latest player in Boston who, the, the, I don't know if it's him and Cassidy specifically, some players have had issues with Bruce Cassidy. He wants out. He's requested a trade. So maybe Boston's ready for that to be over with. Right? Yeah, that'll, be, um, that'll be interesting. If it's just a draft pick, how high of a draft pick do you think they can get for Max Domi with the way he's playing right now? Yeah, I mean, the sense is second rounder, maybe a third rounder. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think potentially second rounder if you hold out and depends upon yeah. the other cards that fall along the way for other teams. For sure. doesn't help that Vetrano goes to the Rangers for a fourth. Yeah. But that's Florida dumping – Salary, I mean, but but Vetrano. I had one GM say I prefer Vetrano to Domi. So there's your market. If other people do as well, you uh, you mentioned Gus Nyquist. I know he's got another year on his deal, but you know, yeah. it, it, could he be a sleeper in this thing? I think he could because I think there's going to be interest in a guy like that. If I'm a playoff team, that's the kind of guy. He's you know he's been really really impressive this year for me and and. The more you watch him this year, the more you realize how much you missed him last year. Yeah, um, I just—he has been not that he wasn't competitive his first year here, but I think he's really been a driver of play in that respect this year. That, that's really been eye-opening and impressive for me. Um, the thing with him is there's 5.5 million left, so if a team's going to acquire him, uh, then salary cap space becomes a concern. Not this year necessarily, but next for sure. Um, one thing I think that, that Blue Jackets fans should be prepared for is if Domi moves, if Domi moves to Pittsburgh, they're almost certainly going to keep some of his salary. So that's part of sweetening the return as well. Um, and I, depending upon where Nyquist goes, so many teams in this league are up against it salary cap-wise. Columbus is not. So they would love to be able to weaponize that. Uh, they did it a little bit last year. If you remember, the Felino and Savard trades in, included them keeping some of that salary. To in, I think they got an additional third out of Toronto, and they got an additional they got more stuff out of Tampa as well, uh, in the Savard deal. 
So I think you're going to see more and more of that. They've got space. Other teams desperately need space. So if there's players going out, especially a guy like Nyquist who's got money uh, remaining and term remaining, the Blue Jackets taking a portion of that to sweeten the return. Talking with Aaron Portsline, who covers the Blue Jackets beat for the Athletic. Did Jack Roslovic get his name taken out of trade talks? Because it was only a couple of weeks ago that all of us were talking and speculating as he struggled. Um, yep. What do you do with this guy? Do you yep. keep this guy? Uh, is he too young to give up on? But the way he's played in the last couple of weeks, you think he's gotten himself up? I, I, I'm not even saying he was on a coach's naughty list or anything, right. but we've had all those discussions in, in our circles. Yeah. Well, I think he was on the coach. Coaches well, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, so a month ago, the the thought around the league was, there's not a playoff team that wants that guy. You can't play that guy in the playoffs. Now, that sounds cold, but for all of the, all of the things the Blue Jackets fans saw in December, January, most of February with him, you can't pl- you, you can barely do that in the regular season, which is why you started playing 10 minutes a night and not in the third period. There's not a playoff team uh, around that's going to put a player like that on the ice where you just don't know what's going to happen, how careless he might be with the puck. What's changed? I mean, I, you know, credit to him. It, it's, it tells you how long an NHL season is and what an opportunity there is always for redemption because this, this kid has, has started to play, I think, even better than he did last year, and he's still at center. Um, is it enough to make him an attractive commodity in the postseason? Does somebody see him as a difference-making center for them going into the playoffs? I think it's possible now, and I would have never thought it possible three weeks ago. Um, he's got he can he's got great speed, it's acceleration. Um, he's played really well here for three weeks, so I I think he's a name probably aren't surprised if he moves to, if they get a great offer. Um, I think he's played his way back into that sort of conversation where he's a desirable player now, not just here but elsewhere. Dean Kukin is a name that uh, you've brought you've brought up, you've written about him. Uh, another guy that, you know, my, my question, I guess, is defensively. You talked about a glut of forwards, yeah. you know, but the defensive side of the puck may be a little bit different. And even – if guys are coming, how close are those guys that are yeah. coming? And, and again, it's already an inexperienced group. Is. Uh, but is he a guy that you think will attract interest? So I, the understanding is that he is sort of like Corpusalo is among goalies, where this is not a guy you're, you, you would trade for to plug in your top six if you're a playoff team. But is he a better eighth option if you think you might take a long run? Cheap, for sure. I think he's a sixth or seventh round pick. Is he a better option than you may have on your depth chart at the 7, 8, or 9 spot? And the old adage is you can't have enough defensemen. Um, if there's a team that thinks they've got to run and they've got injuries or you know they're, they go 7, 8 deep and then it gets a little murky, rather than exposing one of their kids to the, the travails of playoff hockey, this is a player you may say, okay, this is a guy who fits that mold. Not a bad puck mover. Um, there are times where I, I don't know what gets into him, but tonight he's skated the length of the ice late in the game, and you're like, oh, my God, that's Dean Kukin. He scored a goal tonight, too, though, in the wrong net. Um, but he's been okay at times. He's not going to be back next year, almost certain of that. 
So if they get a, a decent offer, again, it could have a condition attached to it, like the like we talked about with Corpusalo. Um, but I think if they get a decent offer, he would move. This season, um, when you look at what did Yarmo call it? Retool, re, re, reset, reset, reset. Yes. Thank you. Uh, that's what he called it during the summer. I mean, we talked about this at the end of last year, and, and last year was so dismal. I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember you saying to me at one point, "Could you imagine if this was an eighty-two game season? We'd have thirty more of these games oh, that we had to watch." Yes. <laughs> and it was, it, it was bad. Everything Brutal. was just falling apart, right? Yep. Uh, Tortorella was going to be out the door. Everybody knew that. All of a sudden, you're trading off your captain. You're trading off uh, your physical defenseman. And, and like, it, it just it, it was bad at the end. And going into the summer, you know, it felt like, oh, my goodness, this could be bad for a long time. Seth Jones doesn't want to come back. And right. where is this going? And then the trade gets pulled off on draft day. And uh, the trade gets pulled off. You draft uh, Johnson with a fifth overall. You bring Sillinger in. With the pick uh, that you acquire, you get Jake Bean that comes over. At least that's another NHL defenseman. You get Boquist in the trade, and all of a sudden you're going, oh, not too bad. Yeah. Right? Oh. But it, has this team overperformed? Like, do you feel that they are ahead? And I, and Yarmo may never admit this, but would you say that they are ahead of where they thought they might be right now? Overall. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think for people outside the market, people thought, they were going to be just no. God. I'm not even counting that. I they agree were just with you. Going to be god awful. I agree. I, I said at the beginning of the year what everybody else thinks yeah. is garbage. I said I think they're going to be better. <laughs> right. They're going to be better than that. And yeah. They so might look be at the roster. The yeah. It's not that. Like it was never that. Yeah. Right. Um. I do think they've overachieved. I think I, I just listen to this building most nights. I think people. I think there is optimism and there is um. I think there are people who are impressed and feel like they can see the direction of things here. And Yarmo's idea was, and you know, many have said, tear it down to the studs and rebuild it. Get the top, a top three pick three years in a row. Let's go. And he, he didn't do that. He's not going to do that. His belief, and they've studied this, this isn't just a gut feeling from him that it is extremely risky because it is extremely rare to find the 18-year-old that you can build it around. It's Sidney Crosby in Pittsburgh. It's McKinnon in Colorado. And there were hiccups with McKinnon in Colorado. But look at Buffalo. Eichel was a great player. Look at Edmonton. McDavid and Dreisaitl, incredible players. But they have foundational problems there still, and no one knows how to fix them. The idea here is to keep a room full of respected, hard-nosed, proven NHL players, and that's Jenner, that's Nyquist. They add Corrali, which if anything tells you that they're not rebuilding, it's when they go ply the free agent market and give a four-year contract to a bottom six centerman. And a great contract. I mean, a great signing, great signing. It's been a great signing because he steps in and he's immediately part of the foundation here. He's kind of like the new Felino. I would never compare the two, but he is such a respected guy, the way that he plays, the way that he he just sort of radiates positivity around that room. Talks less. <laughs> and I love that. Nick. I love Nick. Oh, but, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they feel like they've got a structure. So whatever 18-year-olds they draft, Cylinder this year, Chinikov, they bring them in and they foster them in their culture, in their group here, rather than saying, all right, silly, this is your team. You're going to be the captain at 20 years old. 
Let's see how she goes. They're not doing that. The best, they've got Chicago's pick this this year. Um, I've been saying this. People need to root for Chicago to win the lottery because then they don't get the pick this year and they get it for sure in 2023. And I think Chicago's going to be a rough team for a, a number of years now, uh, at least the next few. That 2023 pick could be sweet, and it could be Connor Bedard. God only knows. Um, the next generational talent. That's the sort of thing they need to happen to really push them into the next stratosphere. But I think when you look at what's coming, you look at the players that are already here, Chinikov, the scoring's not there yet. But you can he is a he's gonna be a really good player. Oh yeah, you can see it. Every time he oh. shoots it, you can see it. And and I know there have been times he stopped moving his feet, he's made yep. terrible turnovers, blah, blah, blah. Twenty years old, coming over from the yes. KHL. But you can see how smart he is, yes. the way he thinks the yep. game. Yeah. Sillinger, you can see of, uh, there are glimpses of offense, but then you go, boy, when this kid figures it out, it's going to be a show. And even it, him, how many times have you forgotten he's 18 years old just from watching him play? I know. It's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, so, th- you know, these guys, he's probably on a really good team. Maybe he's a first-line center. He's probably a second-line center on a really, really good team. So they got to find that piece. Um, but they've got they've got a wave coming here. I can't wait to see this Voronkov kid from Russia. The six foot, he's been described as a six foot four Boone Jenner, with with a nasty attitude. And I go, they need that. Yeah, add that because that could have been useful in a game like this tonight. Um, so there, you know, you can feel you can sort of see the blueprint, and it's going to change because it's not all up to them. There's contracts. What do they get line A signed long term? I mean, this is a huge change from where we were at last year. What was it? What was the outlook of line A last year? There's a huge question mark. And now it sure looks like he wants to be here and they want to keep him. Um, and if he continues to play like he has the last couple of months, there's no reason he can't be a really big part of this. So things are pointing in the same, in the right direction. Um, it's just a question of, have, have, are they going to be bad enough, and will they need to acquire the su- really elite players that you only get at the top of the draft unless you get super lucky? Can they get can they get over the hump without doing that? And other teams have tried that, and it hasn't worked either, so we'll see. Um, but it does feel like they're heading in the right direction to be a very competitive team. All right, uh, two more things for you here. When Monday at 3 o'clock comes... Do you see any new faces on this team, or are you expecting mostly just draft picks coming in return? You know what? I, I mean, I don't have a name for a player that I expect to be here, but I've done this long enough and I've done it with Yarmo Kekalainen as the GM long enough to know that no matter how much you do and how prepared you think you are, there's going to be a surprise. Um and so I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. If I were to, to bet, I would think it's prospects and picks coming back, mostly picks. But we'll see. I'm, I'm open for a surprise. The only way he's going to do a quote-unquote hockey trade is if it's a young player, and I'm hockey trade, big pieces going out for big pieces coming back, is if it is a young player with term. Like it, he's obviously not in any way a buyer, even – for a young player with an expiring UFA contract. He's not in that business in any way. But if it's a guy with term or with, with club control RFA, then anything is possible. 
Kirill Marchenko, you mentioned next year. We had thought that he would come at the end of this year yeah. when his season's over. Is, is that – do you feel that's totally off the table now? It, it sure feels like it. So, you know, it, and it gets confusing. There's so many things at, at play here. But do you know how many people are trying to get visas out of Russia right now? And so that system that was backlogged, and he would have to get a – I think it's called a P1, a an artist entertainer's uh, passport um, – visa to to come here that is a nightmare the other part is the contracts there in russia he could be released from it when that season ends first of all he's got a he's on a really good team in theory he's not playing for them right now because there's some petty jealousies going on there but his team is still alive and is probably going to be in the khl playoffs for a while so that could that could run its course to the end of the nhl season too um but if they lost early there there would be a window for his club uh, to to sign, give him permission to end his contract prematurely and sign with the Blue Jackets and show up here before the end of the season. Very unlikely to happen now because the coach, get this, of his team is the son of one of the oligarchs who's had all kinds of stuff seized and frozen by the U.K. and I think the, the Americans as well in the wake of this. He may have had a yacht uh, seized. And Bob, I don't know about you. When people seize my yacht... I don't want to do any anything nice for them anymore. That's kind of the that's the end for me. Um, this guy's name I mean is like Ro- that rowboat or canoe. Is that when we were talking yeah. about us, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so this guy's name is Rotenberg. His dad is worth billions. He's the coach of the team. He's the czar of the team, if I may. I don't think they're expecting any friendly paperwork um, coming through for Marchenko this year. So probably next fall. Well, that's unfortunate. It would have been nice to see him here at the end and kind of get him. 100%. Acclimated to this yep. a little bit. Uh, uh, well, at least it's not like the old days when you really had to go sneak them out for real. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, this is a wild one, that the <laughs> that the Blue Jackets paid, Blue Jackets and the NHL paid Russia, it wasn't even a KHL at the time, $1.2 million. They each went half season on Nikolai Zherdev to get him out of Russia. And... That's still one of the crazier stories, if, if if you remember that. he They wouldn't let him leave his team. And so Nikolai uh, booked a flight in the middle of the night from Moscow to, I want to make sure I'm getting the rest, to Ottawa, because they were like, oh, Ottawa's okay, that's not America. The Blue Jackets met him in Ottawa at the U.S. consulate in Ottawa and worked his his deal to get him from Ottawa to the U.S., he played that night against Nashville, and on his, I want to say it was his first shift, he scored, he scored a classic Zherdev goal, like seven toe drags, unbelievable move to the net, and scored, and they ruled. It would have been a goal in today's game because they've changed the rule, but the net was knocked off its moorings, so no goal. Um, but I, I always think of that kid, and it was a, he was a hard nut to crack in terms of conversations, but... Flying from Mother Russia to the U.S. and in within 24 hours, you are in an arena full of 18,000 people where literally no, no sign makes sense to you. Nothing anyone's saying makes sense to you. What a, what a incredible experience that had to have been for him. I can't even imagine. No. no yeah, I couldn't either. That's... And I think of Zherdev often now because he's from Kiev, Ukraine. And he's playing in the Alps League, but he's got family back in Kiev right now. You know he does. So um, I've tried to reach him. I can't reach him 
and I hope hope nothing but the best for him and his family. Yeah, that is uh, obviously the whole situation is crazy, and uh, yeah, but that's I mean, just remember how they used to go. Teams would go over there with bags of cash just oh. to buy guys in the middle of the night and yeah. fly them out, right? Oh, and you know, Fedorov and the Russians show up in Detroit. And the Red Wings have it arranged that if Nick Polano, Nick Polano, the old scout, rest his soul, if he's sitting in the law, he's sitting by the front desk, if he's reading the USA Today, that is a sign to Sergei Fedorov that he is to walk through the lobby, out the back of the lobby, get into a car, and go. And if he's got the paper folded up in his lap, that means it's off. Like, that's the kind of stuff from, like, a James Bond novel where you're like, Really, but that's how it went down. Yeah, that was uh, those were crazy times. Incredible, crazy, crazy times. Well, Aaron, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate your time. And, always uh, a pleasure. Always great to talk to you and get a little scoop and uh, look forward to Monday to see what this team's yeah. going to look like at three oh one or three thirty or four o'clock whenever the and, trades are completed. And probably realize we know nothing. We got nothing <laughs> right in this conversation. I know, but it's uh, as as of right now, it's all right. Oh yeah, it's all right. One hundred percent. Seventy two hours. Book it. Eh, who Go knows? All right, Aaron Portsline of the Athletic. Joining me on this uh, CBJ at 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Blue Jackets are back on home ice on Saturday. That's tomorrow now as you're listening to this. Saturday, 5 o'clock, they will take on the St. Louis Blues before that trade deadline. Last game before the trade deadline, which is coming up on Monday. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Aaron Portsline from The Athletic for being my guest. That'll do it for this CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union.